off-season treat for you. It's a three-man show today. Welcome, everybody. Adam Azer and, of course, Chris Towers. Hello, Chris Towers. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I got tired of just talking to you. I'm sure you got sick and tired of just hearing from me, so we brought in some reinforcements. Welcome back from paternity leave, Scott White. How How's, uh, how's the family? Don't do that to people. They would actually be excited about hearing from Scott. (laughs) Heath Cummings decided, "Eh, I feel like doing a baseball podcast today. What To what do we owe this pleasure? Uh, The 280 character limit on Twitter. I Uh. can't stand looking at Twitter as much anymore, so I had a little extra time to do the podcast. Now, the two people on the show with me, uh, Kreeth, they love Twitter. They are all about Twitter. Are you guys both – you're not feeling the the, – how many characters is it? It, you would know. You just sent out an abomination of a tweet. <laughs> You're not okay. This was my tweet. I'm concerned now that we can all use 280 characters on Twitter. People are just going to write about useless stuff. I'm going to have a sandwich with chicken salad, Swiss, and tomato. I hate cold weather. Aquariums are fun. Medium rare all the way. I should floss more grapes. I thought that was funny. I got a lot of, uh, I got 15 retweets and 43 likes. Oh no, uh, get that, 181. Get that dopamine hit. 181 yeah. likes. Get yeah. that notification on your phone when someone retweets it. No, come on. I don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the 280, Chris? I, I feel it's more like 180 characters than 280. Like if you're using all 280, there's something wrong with you. But if you, you need that little extra boost. You know, I was following too many people around 1500. I've whittled that down to around 1400 in the first day of 280. And I will continue to do so as people continue to abuse it. Okay. You know what? I, I, I'm all for it. I don't really care that much. So, um, I'm happy to have Heath here to talk baseball. You, you definitely went with a more relief pitcher heavy approach in roto and category league. So I want to know how that turned out. I'm going to ask you about some of your rankings. Like, I just, you know what? Chris, we found the guy. We found the one guy in America who has Buster Posey ahead of Gary Sanchez. His name is Heath Cummings. Congratulations. Well, there you go. So, there you go. Even though he's the guy who hates old people. Mm hmm. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Wow. And, uh, real, real consistent. He somehow has Dallas Keuchel ranked ahead of, of where Scott has Dallas Keuchel, which, which surprised me, but that's really more of my issue with Scott. Uh, here are your news and notes as we get into the show. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com is our email address. Well, it just needs to be said. Um, very sad news about Roy Halladay yesterday. And uh, it, was, it was awful. You know, he's the kind of guy that you just rooted for. He was such a gamer. And one of my biggest baseball sports in general regrets is not going to the, the Marlins game when Roy Halladay pitched a perfect game. Yep. One nothing win over the of the Marlins. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think I I want to go to that game. I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday night. Yeah. And so many of my friends went. Jamie Eisenberg went. And I wish Chris, I wish I had gone. He was facing Josh Johnson. You knew there was a chance it was going to be a great game. It was one nothing and uh, a perfect game for Halliday. Yeah, he was one of the best pitchers of his generation, and uh, you know, I, I I hope he gets into the Hall of Fame. It would be much deserved. And, you know, it's, it's just tragic. Yeah. Oh, he, he absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. No question. So, uh, condolences. Obviously, it's just awful. So, um, St. Louis, uh, they cut Trevor Rosenthal. I was, it was fun arguing Trevor Rosenthal, uh, last year. <laughs> right before the injury, you know, the two games before he, uh, had Tom, he had Tommy John, right? 
I um, believe so, yeah. Yeah, so the two games before that he got he got roughed up a little bit, but before that he had a fourteen game stretch with a point five five ERA, sixteen and a third innings, eight hits, two walks, twenty six strikeouts. Trevor Rosenthal was dominating and some of us bought into it more than others. Then Juan Nicasio at one point became their closer for the Cardinals, and he was very good for St. Louis. He had a 164 ERA after the trade. He had four saves. He had a one whip. He's now a free agent. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on who might close for the Cardinals and whether or not Juan Nicasio would be interesting to you? Uh, he would be interesting if he got a closer's job, but I think there's still a chance. Let's not forget about Sung Wano. Uh, I believe he's still under contract, and he could end up being the closer there. All right, Heath. Yeah, I don't think Juan Nicasio is going to be a closer going into 2017, but if he was, I would definitely have an interest in him. Okay, so we'll see where Nicasio ends up. The there were noteworthy players who got one year, 17.4 million dollar qualifying offers from their clubs. They don't have to take that deal, but if they sign with another team, there would be some draft pick compensation. Three Royals, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain. Uh, Lance Lynn was noteworthy. Jake Arietta and Wade Davis, Greg Holland, Alex Cobb. That was interesting. Uh, that yeah, they'd be willing to I would him expect that. him to take that. Yeah, $17.4 million for one year. And then Carlos Santana, no surprise there. Is there anybody uh, that I mentioned, Hosmer, Moose, Cain, Lynn, Arietta, Wade Davis, Greg Holland, Cobb, Carlos Santana, that could have a big time different trade value or fantasy value at a different park than where they call um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think Heath and I are actually going to have the same opinion on this one. On one of them for sure. We are both, I would say, hoping. Well, I don't know if Heath's hoping, but I would like to see Eric Hosmer sign with the Red Sox. I believe John Heyman reported that that will be a target for them this offseason. And, you know, I don't think Eric Hosmer's uh, all that good. He's had. He had a very good season last year, um, but his swing is perfect for Fenway Park, and we don't usually say that about left-handed batters, but he is a pretty even split on pull and uh, opposite way hitting, but when he hits the ball in the air, it is almost always to the opposite field. And when he hits the ball to the opposite field, he hits it hard. Yeah, so... That is a that is a rare left-handed batter who could actually really take advantage of the green monster. I think that would be the best possible landing spot. And then I think Mustakas, there have been a couple of rumors on him, and they would be both great and awful. If he were to go somewhere like New York, he could be a monster. He could be a 40-homer guy. Are the yeah. Yankees? Yes. I don't think that's going to happen. Is if he rumor? were to go to San Francisco, which is another place that has been rumored, it would absolutely kill his value. Oh, he would not even be startable. <laughs> Yeah, be I think that's probably true. Um, and then Lance Lynn better go to a big park. Lance Lynn is consistently better at home, just checking his ERA year after yes. year. And he has I, a lot of I good road ERAs, but, but like a lot better at home. I don't want any part of Lance Lynn if he's not getting that Cardinals devil magic. Uh, I yeah. mean, if he went to somewhere like Kaufman in Kansas yeah, City, he'd be fine. Uh, I know you guys didn't love the strikeout rate for Lance Lynn last year. 78 walks, 153 strikeouts, and 186 and a third. And Cobb, you know, Cobb is also, like like we said, he could definitely take that in return to the Rays. I thought Cobb was a huge sleeper on draft day. I drafted a lot of Alex Cobb. He had a fine season, but he didn't fully bounce back. This was a, a guy who had a sub-3 ERA two years in a row. 
before Tommy John surgery. Can he still bounce back? Can he become one of the best, uh, best is a strong word, one of the better <laughs> pitchers in the, in the American League again? Oh, if he signs somewhere in the American League. Sure. Better pitchers <laughs> in the American, like I don't think he's going to be in the top 25 pitchers in fantasy. He just needs to get that strikeout rate back. That was the big thing for him is, um, you know, in the year that he missed, strikeouts continued to rise league wide and his strikeout rate dropped from 22% in 2014, uh, to 17.3% in 2017. Given the league context, that's a huge loss. I think the biggest thing for me is if, if I'm going to take on a pitcher that has, and I think we have to agree Alex Cobb has some injury risk. If I'm going to take on a pitcher with injury risk or more injury risk than average, I would like for there to be huge upside. Yeah. I don't know that there's huge upside with Cub. All right. So those are some of the players of the qualifying offers. Cobb. And then <laughs> – thanks, Chris. I said Cobb right before you said Cobb. I, you, you, you did. You did. So, so here's what just happened. <clears throat> it's been a while since I've got to do this. I like to IM the guys – Man, I lost my voice. I like to I am the guys throughout the show to remind them you have to say the last names of the players. You can't just keep saying he, 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 he. So I he, typed he, he, he. last name. <laughs> <laughs> Heath, wa- Heath, welcome to the off-season podcast. They're pretty much all like this. I typed last names to remind them, which I do all the time, and Chris just decided in the middle of nowhere, it's a total non-sequitur to just say Cobb. So thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Any Anything for you. Um... Shohei Otani, he hired an agent. It seems like he's going to be playing in the major leagues this year. There are three teams that can offer Otani more than $3 million in signing bonus money, and those would be the Rangers, Twins, and Yankees. The Pirates, Marlins, and Mariners can offer Otani between $1.5 and $2.3 million in signing bonus money. And that's it. Only six teams can offer him even a $1 million as, as a I signing bonus. I didn't realize this rule changed. Yes. I didn't realize it was so restrictive on the, uh. Why in the world is he coming over here? He has to wait two years. Uh, if you sign when you're under 25, you are limited to the international bonus pool. If you sign after you turn 25, you can sign as a major league free agent. Right, he's 23 he's, years old. So he would have to go through arbitration and everything. It does, it, it's weird. It, yeah, and, uh, it doesn't, and that levels the playing field so much. Like you don't know who the front runners are going to be for him now, and it's pretty cool. He just he doesn't care about money at the moment. Well, I don't know. I can't say that, but he cares more about playing Major League Baseball now. But, I I, well, I have yeah. Go ahead. Once you've signed him and he's on your team and he pitches in a game, you can give him a contract extension, right? I I don't. Think I have so. no idea. No, I I think he'd be like arbitration eligible. Right, but players we teams buy yeah. out arbitration years all the time. Yeah, I want yes. an under I want an under the table deal. We'll give you fifty million dollars <laughs> after you pitch your first game. Yeah, but sir, but if you're not an unrestricted free agent, like no matter what, you you can't get you can't get the money that you you would command. Right. You know. So um, I've had this conversation a lot with Scott, and not so much with you guys. What do you think should be done about Otani if he becomes a hitter and pitcher in Major League Baseball for fantasy? I'm pretty certain that the way we're going to approach it is he will be two different players. You'll have a hitter there will be and a, a Shohei Otani pitcher and a Shohei Otani outfielder or DH or whatever it is. And I will just poo-poo the whole thing and say that if he is a starting pitcher on a major league team, he will not be a valuable fantasy asset as a hitter. Probably. 
if you have to if you have to use two roster spots on it. Like if it was a situation where you could have Shohei Otani the pitcher and then sometimes put him in your lineup as a hitter. I just don't think a major league team teams are not very creative. I agree. Teams do not like to do things that everybody else doesn't do. Yeah. And I I just don't think he's not going to be taking regular at bets. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe probably, he's a DH. Probably not more than a couple times a week. Right. Maybe three or four times a week. It's pretty interesting. It, it's pro- it's really interesting to think about, but I'm just saying it's probably not going to be that interesting. Well, you would think that he should probably go to a National League team, right? If he wants to do both. Well, not if he wants to DH on the days he's not pitching. I don't no, think he, teams are going to let the, a starting pitcher play in the field. Play in the, what do you mean? No, I'm saying if he wants, if he wants to be a pitcher, it would make more sense for him to be, to go to the National League. So he can at least hit every time he pitches. Whereas. You could just do that in the American. You could do that, but there's, but he might not be better than whoever you're DHing. You know, if he's, if he's focusing on pitching, he might not be that good of a hit. You know what I'm saying? You're still, I would think a lot of teams would be more likely to DH instead of using know, he's him. He's a pretty good hitter, man. He is, but can he really he's be? He's been like the fourth or fifth best hitter in the second best professional league in the world for can the last be, couple of years. Can he be great at both? Can, you know, I, I'm skeptical that he could be great at both. In the, in I don't think he will baseball. be a fantasy relevant hitter. So it's more likely he's a pitcher? Yes. I think he's he's considered a better prospect as a pitcher. Okay. All right, well. That would be fun to have both, both Ota- two Otanis on your team. It's so weird. And then we could do like grade the trade, Otani the pitcher for Otani the hitter. Hold oh, on. Fun possibilities here. It is time for our tweet of the day. Chris, are you ready to talk uh, the all yes. Halloween team? I am very much ready. Okay, Matt Pickle tweets us, I'd like to nominate Witch Hanniger and Candy Pettit. To the Those all Hall- that's amazing. The all Halloween team with Scary Carrie doing the play-by-play, yes. outstanding. Yes, those are good. Those are very good. So, what do you have for us? Do you have so last week we we gave it a shot. We came up with some names off the top of our head. Of Ned Ghost would be the manager. Uh, I forgot your crazy one. What was it? Uh, Greg Zombie. <laughs> right. Greg Zombie. Um, I've got a lineup. Okay. Uh, at catcher. Scary Sanchez, obviously. Scary Sanchez, all right. Uh, first base, although he's got the ability to play multiple positions. Yulieski Guliel. <laughs> right. Uh, second base, Joe Panic, obviously. Oh, that's good. It's clever. Uh, shortstop, Francisco Lindor. What? You live in like a fancy neighborhood. They give out those Lindor truffles for Halloween. Oh, uh, this come is so, like, on. I, I thought halfway in it was going to be awful, and it's just wor- worse than I thought. <laughs> Third base is Luis Valbuna. No. Oh, my gosh. These are terrible. Why not Mike Boustakis? <laughs> is that all you think about? <laughs> Wouldn't that be better? Out, what, if were, what if it were? What if it were? Hold on. Vampire huh? Hunter Pence. Vampire Hunter Pence. That's good. What if it were Mike Boustakis? Yes, that's better than Luis Valbuna. Uh, DH is Shin Su Bu. Uh, starting pitcher, Kendall Graveman, obviously. Uh, good, good. And relief pitcher, Kyle Bearclaw. Alright, so here's the thing. Chris and I forgot <laughs> to do the All Halloween team, and Chris did it just before the show. Luckily- and it was spectacular. It was terrible. Luckily, Derek emailed us with his own All Halloween team, and it's incredible. So here we go. The manager is Ned Ghost. The announcer is Greg Zombie. Uh, and the catcher is Booster Posey. 
How is that worse? That's much better. That's How worse. is that worse? Scary Sanchez is good. Scary Sanchez is good. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, who I think you said on yeah yeah on uh, the last week's show, which Merrifield at second Very base, good. yeah, Joey Gallows, sure, yeah. Uh, I don't love the shortstop, Andrelton Sim Monster, not great, awful. Tommy Phantom, sure. Hunterer Pace, kind of like Vampire Hunter. Yeah, Vampire Hunter uh, Pence. I is said better. Pace. I meant Pence. Yeah. Uh, Mookie Bats. Okay. Mookie Bats is good. And starting pitcher Luis Severino. Kendall Graveman is better. Kendall Graveman is better. And Corey Knievel. What? What? Are, what are we doing here? <laughs> And if they, they, come on. If they what drive, else would you like to talk about in if, the offseason? If they want to drive to the park, Derek suggests they drive a Buick. No, it's a Subaru. A Subaru, okay. All right, let's talk baseball, Heath. I'm sorry about that. Here's That's some, okay. Here's some questions for Heath. Uh, how did the RP-heavy strategy work for you in categories leagues? Very well until football season started. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I believe there was a point right around week one of the NFL season where my Roto and Categories teams were almost all in first place. And uh, I finished uh, second or third in all of our Roto leagues. I, The more that I used it, and the nice part was that one league, I built a, a, a huge lead in both WHIP and ERA. And then I started doing a little two- start streaming to catch some of the teams that were fading fast in K's and wins. I I plan on sticking with this strategy again in the future. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm glad it worked. It was, uh, it was a smart move. Um, who were you right about in 2017? Well, we have to say Travis Shaw. We do. That's that's where it starts. Uh, I'm counting Cesar Hernandez as a win because he was phenomenal for about half the season. Then he got hurt. But then you could just pick up a different second baseman. I was looking at... Phenomenal, was he? Yeah, he was phenomenal. He was the number one second baseman in fantasy. Oh, it's been a while. I guess you're right. Okay. Um, In my deep sleepers column for every team, I had Luis Severino. Nice. So I I think we'll count that one. Um, And then I'm sure there was... I don't remember the busts, but I'm... Wow. I know. That seems like something I would remember. Uh, I, I remember. You can only remember the things you got right. No, I I, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean I don't, don't remember the busts that I was right about. Oh, okay. I uh, I, uh, I remember. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead. But then you want to know who I was wrong about next day? I yeah, said? who were you wrong about? Uh, I did call Jorge Solera a deep sleeper, and he was not any good at all. I uh, I think I was probably wrong about Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I remember the one that we argued about was Blake Snell. Oh, I was definitely wrong about Blake Snell and Danny Salazar. I was I was wrong about until I was right, and then I was wrong again. You I know, mean, you could say the same thing about Blake Snell. Yes, he had a good stretch, but he was bad. Generally speaking, if you like someone and they get demoted, that's probably bad. missed. Yep. You know, it's interesting. You, I mean, technically, you were wrong about Wade Davis because you had him as your number one closer. But it's not like he, he didn't get hurt. He had a good year. He just didn't he, save 50 games. He only had 32 saves. It's kind of weird. And, and, and it wasn't that he had 32 saves with the Cubs blowing everybody out. Like that was the weird thing. They, they were much worse this year. Right. It was bizarre. And saves can be, I guess, a little difficult to predict. Mm hmm. 
was a good year for Heath. Did very well in the leagues, and uh, that re- RP strategy was really interesting. Good job, Heath. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. I did a lot of wrong things too. <laughs> we all do. I mean, oh, Rick Porcello, me. Kyle Hendricks. Those were the the busts I was right about. Kyle Hendricks oh. was good. Actually, I don't think you were right about Kyle. You're forgetting the the big one, Jonathan VR. Jonathan VR, yes, but not. But just do forget about Gene Segura, please. <laughs> Gene Segura wasn't really that good. No. Okay. He, he wasn't, wasn't terrible. He wasn't he just, a bust. Yeah. But yeah, no, he he wasn't great. He very singles reliant, if I if I recall, and he didn't steal nearly as many bases. So uh, we love Heath. He's the best. Heath is like the seat geek of fantasy analysts. He saves you time and he earns you money with his advice. And look, seat geek, I mean, how many times do I have to tell you? It, it is the best ticket app. It will save you time. It will save you money. And we will save you even more money because when you use SeatGeek, enter the code fantasy at checkout, get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. So that's 20, that's a, that's a lot. 20 bucks off your first purchase of tickets on the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Now SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. That way it compares prices. It's, it's just, it's just competition, folks. You want to get the most, uh, you want to get the most websites working for you, trying to find you seats for the event you want to go to. SeatGeek will do all that work for you. You get the most bang for your buck. You can immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can, that's huge. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make sure you're making SeatGeek your go-to app for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. And remember, 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FANTASY. Promo code is FANTASY. The app is SeatGeek. You guys going to the big game in, in Miami this weekend? Uh, FIU hosting Old Dominion. That's that's the one. You use SeatGeek for that. You might they might pay you five bucks to go. <laughs> uh oh boy, do I wish I was going to Miami Notre Dame. Oh that one. That one. Yeah. It's so exciting. Go fight an Irish. <sighs> yeah, just go go away, Chris Towers. That's that's no. the real change. <laughs> In. Every time a team is eliminated, we give you a player who's gonna be better and a player who's gonna be worse. So for the Astros, Chris. Yeah! Who's gonna be, they weren't eliminated, but who's gonna be better next year? This is a tough one. This was a really tough one to come to, uh, a conclusion on. I'll go with Lance McCullers. He fell off so bad in the second half. I know it was injury related and injuries are a big concern, but this, if he just stays healthy, if he throws 160 innings next season, I think he's gonna be a huge value. Well, he showed how, he showed what he can do in the, in the postseason. The question is, just, can he overcome the walks? Just throw nothing but curveballs next year. <laughs> His walk rate wasn't even that bad this season. He actually cut it down to three, three per nine, nine yeah. and 7.8%. It was actually above average. Still had a 1-3 whip, though. Yeah, he had a 330 BABIP, which didn't help, although that is his career rate. So we might have to keep that in mind moving forward with him, that he might just be someone who is a little bit worse than expected. Okay. Definitely the stuff and the talent is there for McCullers. I went with Alex Bregman. He will be better. And he finishes the number five shortstop in fantasy, number seven in po- in Roto, number five in points, number seven in Roto. Bregman will be shortstop eligible next year. After the all-star break, he batted 315 with 11 home runs. He slugged 536. He had like a 900 OPS after the all-star break. So um, I think he's ready for big, big things. 
he will be better than he was uh, last year. Alex Bregman. Any any qualms with that? I know. I know. I, my only qualm is that you ask me to say somebody that's going to be better, and you don't tell me who your guy is. So now I pick the same guy that you did. I, I will. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I will point out. I might have said this on the last podcast. It's surprising how bad he was in the playoffs. Who, like, Brandon? I don't know if it was just that, like, every hit he got was of monumental importance. <laughs> yeah. Because I think we talked about in the last podcast, it just felt like he was having this incredible postseason, and he ended up with a sub-700 OPS. He had 208 in the playoffs. He did. He also hit four home runs. He had five walks to ten strikeouts, obviously. And was just pitching. incredible on defense. That's what it was. I think that's why the, the perception was was what it was for Bregman. Yeah, it was incredible on defense. And, and he, I didn't realize that you did these because you were a late addition, so I wasn't going to put that pressure on you. Yeah, I, I have a name for each team. I'm hoping it's the same. I'm going to go after you each time, though, and hope it's the same guy that you picked. <laughs> okay. um, I, I'm not – and I wanted to be careful not to say that Bregman's going to be better because of how great he was in the second half. It's more – I just can't imagine he's going to be as bad as he was at the start of the season this year. But if he hits – like he hit 284. Right. He hit 19 home runs, scored 88 runs, drove in 71, had an 827 OPS. I, I don't know that the OPS – I think the OPS goes up a little. I'd expect a maybe a slug goes up to around 500. A few more home runs. We gotta remember also, he's just 23 years old. Yeah. So he's not had his best power years yet. And I think the RBI and run numbers are a good place if he's hitting in the upper half of that lineup. That's a good place where you can pick up some fantasy points without really doing a whole lot different. The 71 RBI in that offense, if you have an 840, 850 OPS, you should have more RBI than that. Nobody on that team had more than 90. It was weird. That is kind of everybody. It was just like single after single. Everybody. Everybody just kept driving everyone else in. That's one of the craziest stats. I, I wonder how many times a team has led the led baseball in runs scored without a 90 RBI guy or 91 RBI guy. That's very at least strange. once. At least once, yeah. Now, yeah, like the Astros had nobody with more than 90 RBI, and the Marlins had two with 120. <laughs> one thing that I noticed the last couple of years, you had the Blue Jays. And then the Red Sox, these like unbelievable offenses, and I guess the Cubs too, took steps back. You know, it, it is hard to have that kind of year, I guess, two years in a row. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's But not with Bregman. <laughs> I think well, I just think anytime you lead the league in something, you're probably going to be like sixth in that the next year. Even if nothing else changes, just because a lot has to go right to be the best. At something. Call it the Chris Towers rule of six. Exactly. The rule of like six. It'd be like yes. six. Alright, who's gonna be worse? Who's, yeah, who's gonna be worse next year? You want me you, to go? No, I'm going last. I, I, I wanna see if Adam picks the same guys I do. Okay. Uh, I'll go with a pretty right. obvious guy. Marwin Gonzalez just had this outrageous, out of nowhere season where he somehow led the team in RBI. Um, I, I just don't think he'll be that good. He doesn't have the track record. Big outlier season for him. Babbitt was 30 points higher than his career norm. I think he takes a big step back. He was my honorable mention. I went with George Springer. Uh, there's no way Heath did. He, no. you know, the only thing is with Springer, he just hit a lot more home runs. And Scott and I sort of feel like Major League Baseball is going to change the baseball to make sure there aren't as many home runs. 
in which case, in which case Springer will be sort of like a, you know, a, where he, where he always is. What, what was his OPS this year? Like not, he's gonna, he's gonna be like, it was about, yeah, it was higher. What was sure. it? It was 889, which is about 75 points higher than the year before. Right. You know, if he doesn't hit all the home runs, he could be like an 830 OPS guy, a really good, great in points, great in points because, because all the plate appearances. But mm-hmm. a little disappointing in Roto because he doesn't steal. Um, so that was my pick. It would it would depend on the baseballs. But if he's an outfielder who doesn't really steal and can't hit more than twenty seven home runs or so, he might disappoint fantasy owners a little bit. He hit twenty nine the year before, so we'll give him that. So th- this is something we're gonna have to discuss as the off season goes on. But that's not actionable, right? What the baseball? Like, I I think they're going to change the baseballs. No, I I think we'll know. I don't I don't think it'll be a big surprise. We didn't know that the baseballs changed in the first place. But now everybody's on like on like high alert. Yeah, I don't think MLB is going to come out and announce that they're changing the baseball because that would be admitting that they messed with the game last year. They're not going to come out and say they're going to leak it. They're going to leak it. Okay, I I think that's unlikely. I was I I. Could go with the obvious choice or the other obvious choice for who's going to be worse next year, just knowing me. Brad Peacock? Uh, sure. The other obvious – or Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton? Yes. Uh, the Astros pitching staff is going to be worse next year. I would say Dallas Keuchel is going to be worse in terms of ratios or at least ERA next year. But he only threw 145 innings. I would not expect him to get injured next year. So he'll probably be better, better in points actually. It's two years in a row. I'll go with Justin Verlander. He's 35 years old heading into the year. He's thrown 2,500 innings, not counting playoffs. And he outperformed his FIP by a half a run last year. It's pretty interesting. We did talk about him last episode. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely red flags. But the good thing with him, unlike, say, like a Felix Hernandez who just sort of fell off the cliff, he's still got that velocity. He does. Still throw until he does so hard. Yeah, but... Felix trended down for a while. Right, that's true. Right. Verlander bounced back in a big way. Yeah. All right. I mean, it makes sense. Let's go to the Dodgers. Heath, you want to go before me or after me this time? I'd I'd like to go last. All right. One player who will be better next year. I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw. I know that's kind of weird, but he really, he did have basically his worst season in five years. That was with a 231 ERA and like a, and a .95 whip. They were the highest ERA and whip in five years for him. And it was the home runs. I mean, 23 home runs allowed in 175 innings. So I think Kershaw goes back to sub-2 ERA and uh, does he things He had allowed like 23 home runs in his previous 380 innings. Mm, and he did it in 175. So, yeah. They'll cha- they're going to change the baseball. He'll be fine. I'm pretty sure of it. That's my that's my nominee. Chris? He's finished. <laughs> He's finished. Uh, I actually, I do think we've probably seen the best of Clayton Kershaw. That's not, like, a mean thing to say. He's almost 30. And the best of Clayton Kershaw is one of the five or six best pitchers ever. I've got a lot of options for this one. I could go with Kenta Maeda. I could go with Corey Seager. But he's going to bully me into going with my guy, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson quietly cut his strikeout rate to 21% this season, uh, but kept, you know, didn't hit for quite the power I hoped for, but I think the skill set here is still monstrous, and I think the price is going to be so cheap next year. 
that you could get him with your last round pick. We saw in the postseason, this is still a supremely talented hitter. He's only 25 years old, will only be 25 on opening day. Jock Peterson. Heath, who's going to be better? Uh, I will go with the person that I bullied Chris out of taking, <laughs> and that is Corey Seager. All the shortstops are going to be awesome next year. He's also, like Alex Bregman, just 23 years old. And I don't think we've seen the best power out of Seager by any stretch. Just 22 home runs last year. I believe he's got 30 in him. The RBI numbers should come up. Uh, Corey Seager. Yeah, and he's also dealing with injuries. Yep. After all, he was left off the NLCS roster, so it must have been pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, player who's going to be worse next year, guys. Are we all going to just say Chris Taylor or what? I mean, Chris Taylor is the the pretty obvious choice. Why don't you guys believe in Chris Taylor? Well, why don't we believe in Chris Taylor? Because I, I wanted to come up with a compelling case for him, but he didn't slump at all, and he was actually he slumped in September. That's it. And then he comes back in the postseason, and he has a – See, 888 OPS in the playoffs with three home runs, 11 walks, and 10 strikeouts. So It's just such a massive outlier from anything really including the playoff or the, including the minors. That, that That's really what I have trouble with is did he really benefit that much from the new baseball? Because that's really what you're hoping is that he's a 20-homer guy. If he's not a 20-homer guy – that BABIP's going to come down. Mm, well, he won't. And be if a, he hits two sixty with twelve home runs, that's Joe Panic. You know, that's not a useful player. Well, it is on the Halloween team. Plus, they're going to change the baseball. So, uh, all right, so Chris Taylor, Heath, did you have someone else? Uh, yeah, I I wasn't even considering Chris Taylor. Oh, good. I totally believe in Chris Taylor, and all Chris Taylor stands should direct their tweets to Adam and Chris, and not me. <laughs> exactly. I will go with Alex Wood. He was, he is. I, I won't even say was, because he has been, and he is phenomenal when he gets everything put together and stays healthy. But he's never really shown the ability to do that for a, a very long stretch of time. He gets his release point right. He gets his grip right. He stays healthy. Everything's good. I'm not going to bet on that happening for even as long as it did last year. Yeah, the uh, that drop-off in his strikeout rate in the second half, right back to the 2015 levels, that's really worrisome. All right, so we got Chris Taylor. we got Alex Wood, who will decline a little bit next year. <clears throat> Let's take a look at Heath's rankings, and then we'll finish the show with some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Not an extensive look at rankings, but a little snapshot. Wait, what? Buster Posey ahead of Gary Sanchez? Are you out of your mind, sir? I don't know why that's really that uh, that much of a hot take. Because Posey wasn't nearly as good as Gary Sanchez this year. I mean, he had an 861 OPS. Mm-hmm. He has been the best catcher in baseball for five years. Mm-hmm. I'm well, not, not in fantasy. I'm not going to downgrade him just he hasn't, he hasn't one good Gary Sanchez. He hasn't been the best catcher in fantasy the last two seasons, I believe. Fine. I mean, it, it's true. That's fine. But he's been the he best. Was, he was number two last season, right? Uh, he was, was he number, number two last season? He was number two in points. He was number three in Roto. And what was he the year before? I'm pretty sure he was no better than two. I'm pretty sure Jonathan LaCroix was better than him two So years we should before. have ranked Jonathan LaCroix number one last year. 
Because he was better than Buster Posey. We last had year. him right there. You don't. You don't just change your. Are you just ranking I, no, everyone? I think, Gary, I think Gary Sanchez is absolutely better than Buster Posey. You just point. rank everyone, however they finished last year. That That's would be not, a very boring ranking. That is not at all what I'm doing. I'm taking a guy who is 24 years old. He'll be 25 in 20 something days. 25 oh, days. Happy birthday. But who has played 177 games in the majors, has driven in 132 runs, has hit 53 home runs, showed last year that the power was legit and that he is enjoying a legitimate breakout, obviously plays in a great park, has batted ball data to back up everything that he's done. One guy's trending up, one guy's trending down. Buster Posey. You, you, no, Buster Posey had an 861 OPS last Buster year. Buster Posey is absolutely trending down. He was much better last year. He had the best OPS that he's had since 2012. Okay. It was all batting average, though. Well, it was all walks, really. He hit 320 with a 400 on base percentage. Yes, he, his, the, the boost that he had, it was his lowest, his second lowest slugging percentage. It was better than his slugging percentage the year before. No, it wasn't. Well, oh, sorry. His, his slugging ISO. without his yes, ISO. because his batting at because his Babbitt was forty four points higher, but his ISO is the I'm lowest sorry, it's I... ever been. He's clearly lost a lot of pop. He's no longer the force he was, and we're talking about a a thirty one year old catcher on opening day. Catchers don't age well. I the think age he, part I can listen to. I'm not. I don't. He's buy declining. He's declining. He's he had a higher declining. OPS than he's had since 2012. <laughs> because his, his BABIP was 44 points higher. It was the highest BABIP he's had since 2012. He had 61 as well. walks, 66 strikeouts. He had a great year last year. I, nobody's saying Phenomenal he didn't have a year. great year. He's worse than Gary Sanchez now. He was worse last year. Like they're both going to play about the same number of games, most likely. I will go through the rankings time. from last year and just rank everyone how they finished last That's year. That's not to make you what happy. anyone's saying. That's probably what you should do at the top for catcher. I mean, <laughs> at least for those but like two. if you look at what Gary's what what Buster Posey did, his walk rate was identical to last season. His strikeout rate was identical to last season. His ISO was identical to last season. He had a higher OPS because he had a 44-point higher Babbitt. Maybe the 303 in 2016 was on the lower end, but the 347 last year was definitely on the higher end. If yeah. his Babbitt's 320, he's probably going to hit 300 this year. He's not a power hitter anymore. I mean, Gary Sanchez hit 19 more home runs than him, and he and he did it in fewer games. Gary They're going to change the ball. The month. They are going to change the ball, and he'll probably hit 25 <laughs> more home runs than, than Buster Posey. Um also, I love when you argue with Chris and he uses the word objectively. Yeah, subjective. Oh, that, that's Chris loves doing that. Objectively that's he, true. That's what he tells you that that you are stupid for arguing against him. Like, no, that's when you know you've won the argument. <laughs> he uses that word to because he doesn't have any arguments left. Oh, I love it. Um, all right, Heath, you've got an interesting one here in Roto. Yes. Well, both points and Roto, you have Whit Merrifield ranked ahead of D Gordon. How about Homer. that? I'm a Homer. Homer. Well, D. Gordon's old. He's obviously declining. Whit Merrifield was awesome last year. Objective homerism. D. Gordon From was you, better. Like D. Gordon. D. D. Gordon was better in both points in Roto, but he played 13 more games than Whit Merrifield. But right. Gordon was the number three second baseman in Roto. Um, I, I, you should not say in points and Roto because I have one set of rankings that are the same for points and Roto. That's <laughs> how Scott right. and I do our rankings at the end of the year. We don't do one set of points and one set of Roto. I see. Okay. So it's just based on points. It's based and on points. And Wit was, um, I, maybe not considerably, but definitely better than D. Gordon on a per game basis last year in points. Yeah, and I wasn't really going to fight you on, on points necessarily. I thought it was a roto thing, but 
But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to buy into Whit Merrifield. In Roto, I would rather have D. Gordon than Whit Merrifield. Okay. Uh, I, I do, I do think you have to buy into what he did last year, though, with Whit Merrifield. I don't know that everybody's going to. Uh, can I tell you something? Every time I put his name into baseball reference to search it, because I'm just, you know, you're, sometimes when you have words and you write one word a lot, but you don't write the other word very much, you just add a letter. Like, if I'm trying to write help, I always write Heath. I don't uh, write help. Okay. So whenever I search for Whit Merrifield, I search for White I, Merrifield. I have one like that. Every time I, I put together Jamie's start of the week column, uh-huh. there's a bust alert. Uh-huh. I always write buster alert because yeah. that's the name of my dog. And I a buster alert. I, don't do I, was really, I was really hoping you were going to say you write butt alert. Yeah, say that's kind of what I was thinking. There. I do. I, I write poo holes, P-U-J-O-L-E-S every time I write it. So, yes. So kind of. Anyway. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's just a points thing. And the okay. funny thing is Whit Merrifield's a year younger than D. Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well, where where does D. Gordon play next year? He's second question. base. I would think he's going to be a second baseman. Um, <laughs> but probably not Miami. He's a free agent, or do you think they're going to trade him? I. It sounds like they're going to trade. I would guess him and Stanton for sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that it matters. Except they did have two players who had 120 RBIs, so that could right. affect he his scored runs. 112 runs. Yeah, all right. That, that could definitely come down. Uh, more of Heath's rankings. Johnny Cueto, 17th overall at starting pitcher. Cole yes. Hamels, 21st. How about that? What, what's the, uh, what's the takeaway here? The takeaway is they both had bad years and, Qu- and Qu- Hamels in particular, I mean, really showed some, some very negative signs. Uh, I'm surprised you have him as a top 25 pitcher. Yeah, I mean, as far as Cueto, I expect a bounce back year. He's still gonna pick pitch in the National League in a fantastic park. So I'm not as worried about him. And for Hamels, it's – listen, I think you get outside of the top 17 or 18 starting pitchers and there's you're, – you're banking on something being better from last year or something holding up that you don't necessarily believe in. 6.4 strikeouts per nine innings, you know? That, that was not good. No. Um, he battled yeah, some injuries. Hamels outperformed his fit by more than Justin Verlander did last year. Uh, it was .42 on baseball reference. Yeah. I thought Verlander was .51. All right. So it's so less than. Exactly the same. <laughs> objectively, <laughs> it is less than. Objectively less. <laughs> he is objectively about to turn 34. And Verlander's 35. Exactly. <laughs> Verlander had a bounce back year at 34. Kind of. No, he was pretty totally. much as good as he was last year. Uh, okay, so there's that. Um, Chris, can you imagine Cole Hamels being the top 25 starting pitcher for you? I I can imagine it. Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh pitchers. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Buster. Uh, pitchers. Just you know, anything can happen. We can't predict pitchers, but no, I would. I would certainly not take Cole Hamels as a top 30 pitcher next year. I don't think if he if he starts falling into the 30 35 range, I would probably start drafting him. Uh but if he's going in that 20 range in the 4th or 5th round, I don't think there's any way I'll take Cole Hamels next year. Does it remind you a little bit of people kind of holding out hope for one more good Felix Hernandez year? Yeah, a little bit. And the difference Felix would be at least Felix got some promising signs last year early on with his velocity pitching in the World Baseball Classic. If we get to next spring and Cole Hamels is throwing 
you know, a mile per hour harder than he was this year, maybe then I'll, I'll be a little more optimistic. But that was the only reason I was really hopeful with Felix. Well, no, I'm just saying you're taking him as a top 30 pitcher. That does seem optimistic to me. For Hamels. Okay, that's fair. Um, by the way, I love the, uh, the new CBS Sports fantasy slogan. We can't predict pitchers. I mean, <laughs> show me, show me the lie. I mean, we can. We have to predict pictures, pitchers. I never said we can't predict pitchers. No, you didn't. But Chris did. You know, we can't. I just think it's funny. We we can't. I can predict Pittsburgh much better than I can predict (laughs) pitchers. You predicted a James Paxton breakout. Everybody did. All of all of you guys did. There are getting a prediction right does not mean that you can predict something. If that makes sense. It, it doesn't, but okay. No, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> um, and finally, Heath. I'll save it. I'll save it. Let's do. No, some I, that's this is one of the ones I feel more strongly about. Okay, you have Xander Bogarts as your number five shortstop. I know Scott is pretty low on Bogarts. I don't believe that. Like, like we have basically seen a different Xander Bogarts every year of his career, and I don't automatically believe that the worst version we've seen is now the real Xander Bogarts. Uh, okay. So let's take a look at where he. Oh, I tell you exactly where he finished. Yeah, he was not. He was not good last year. I, I know that. A, he's such a weird player. Like I, I understand what he did in 2015 looks unsustainable. What he did in 2016 does. And well, that was the thing is that what he did in 2015 was unsustainable. But he was just as good, if not better, in 2016 in a different, unsustainable way. And then 2017. Kinda looks like everything fits. I think 2017 looks like the worst of 2015 and the worst of 2016. He went back to less of a, more of a ground ball line drive approach, less fly balls, but his BABIP went down from the year before. That doesn't make any sense. So this is Xander Bogarts we're talking about, who is ninth at shortstop in points, but 17th in roto. He hit 273, he slugged just 403 last year. 10 home runs, 62 RBIs. Uh, but he finished strong. His last three weeks were great. His BABIP didn't really go down. Uh, so you want to keep discussing that? I'm sorry, I didn't know you were done there. Yeah, I mean, it, 335 to 327, that's two hits. All right, well, but who, okay, so some of the people that, that you've got Bogarts ahead of, I have to pull that up again, but it's like... I mean, if, objectively, it did go down. Yes. Uh, Alex Bregman. Sure. You, you have Bogarts ahead of Alex Bregman. I think I have a feeling Bregman will go ahead of him. Um, Gene Segura, Zach Cozart, Elvis Andrews, Didi Gregorius, Andrelton Simmons. The only one that I even feel questionable about out of that na- list of names you just gave me is Alex Bregman. Yeah, it has to be Bregman. I, yeah. I, I, th- I don't think it has to be Bregman. No, if there was one that you were questionable yeah, about. Yeah, but the rest of those guys I absolutely feel better about Xander Bogarts because I – I do still believe, and I know Chris used to believe this, but it doesn't seem like he does anymore, that last year does not just erase everything that happened in the two or three years before that. Correct. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, that's a good philosophy. So what, yeah, so the, the year before, uh, what? <laughs> but, but like he's never had a, an incredible year. I mean, he batted 294 with 21 home runs and 13 steals in 2016. An 802 OPS. The lineup around him was incredible. He has been a top five shortstop each of the two years before last year. But look correct? at how good shortstop is now. 
He's going to have to elevate his game. 802 OPS with 13 steals is probably not getting it done. Well, we lost Manny Machado from shortstop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we gained... Bregman. 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 So I, I don't know that shortstop is going to be hugely better than it was. I mean, Gre- Gregorius could was better than him last year. Yes. And I pretty much buy what Gregorius did last year. I don't totally buy what Gregorius did last year, but I don't think he's going to have a huge drop-off. Like, I think the underlying numbers for Didi Gregorius are more promising than they are for Xander Bogarts. Well... It's interesting. I mean, he's the kind of guy that could be, I don't know, a post-type breakout or something. Someone that people kind of give up on way too early. I would guess, based on how everyone seems to feel about him, and I know how low Scott's going to have him ranked, that I'm going to have Xander Bogarts on a lot of my teams next year. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll have you on on more and more podcasts. Let's see. I kind of ran out of time today, but I want to read a couple of emails. Phil... Says, I heard you guys briefly discuss Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez on the podcast last week. I'm a Tigers fan. I live in Detroit. I thought I would send over some info on both of them. Along with Miguel Cabrera being hurt, it came out recently that that his wife filed for divorce on the day before the season started. Uh, maybe that significantly impacted him. Um, and for Victor Martinez, he was dealing with his irregular heartbeat, ended up getting surgery that ended his season. I can't find the news article, but I remember reading something that said due to his medical condition, the Tigers may end up just releasing Victor Martinez. Maybe that could pave the way for Miguel Cabrera to become a permanent DH, which is what me and Chris would love to see happen. And I was actually also surprised to see that Heath has Cabrera ranked like seventh at first base or something higher than Scott. So it's bizarro, Heath. It is bizarro, Heath. Um, and it, but it, it makes I mean, sense. I wouldn't have Scott ranked very high at first base. <laughs> right. It makes you sense. Seventh, yeah. With what I have said about like seven different guys now, that I expect Miguel Cabrera to bounce back. What well, are you mean? Are you buying bad performances from anyone last year? No. No. Nothing that happened last year actually mattered. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I guess what I am saying is not that I, I'm not expecting Miguel Cabrera to be as good as who we thought he was two years ago, but I expect him to bounce back closer to that than what he was last year. So who was a bust last year that, that maybe you, you buy into the badness? The ones that I called. <laughs> well, who? <laughs> the ones who validate Heath's uh, ego. Um, I think Rick Porcello pitched last year like he had most every other year in his yeah, career except yeah. for the one year where he was really good. Yep. So I would say that Rick Porcello fits into that. Okay. Man, who Um Jonathan VR who right. was coming off of just one great year Let, and Let's never take really somebody, should... let's take somebody that had a track record and was actually a bust. Okay. Um let me see if I can off the top of my head. Will Myers. Matt Carpenter. No, I'm I'm higher on Will Myers than Scott. What about Matt Carpenter? Yeah, I'm higher on Matt Carpenter than Scott. Robinson Cano. Um, was he a bust last year? I would say yeah. so. 280 with with a 453 slugging percentage, 23 homers. He was like the tenth best first baseman in fantasy. What about Rugnet Odor? Wait, what about what about Cano? First, we have to answer that. I expect Cano to be a top ten second baseman this year. But maybe not quite as good. He's a little older too. 
Yeah. Answer the question. Heath. What? Answer the question. Rugnet Odor? Yeah. Um, I, he's got a lot of potential, but he may be dropped in April. All right. Next email. Last email of the show. From Tyler in Phoenix. Yeah, that's the one. Dear Bert and Ernie. I guess it's just me and Chris. I need help figuring out who I'm going to keep. Five total keepers can keep them forever in that round. Ooh, wow. Uh, Luis Severino I'm keeping in the 26th round. Carlos Correa in the 25th. And Gary Sanchez in the 13th. That's a pretty good start. So I need two more. Do I keep Bregman in the 14th? Ozuna in the 15th? Andrews in the 7th? Justin Turner in the 5th? Or Reese Hoskins in the 14th? It's a tough one. I think Ozuna is one of the keepers. Oh, Bregman, and Bregman in the 14th is, uh, is well, well, it I is, but you already have a shortstop. And he's, he's your third baseman, Bregman. Right, but I don't know if Bregman, Bregman in the 14th holds more value if he's a shortstop. Sure, but you have to play, like, it, it, well, what's the other option? Though? What I'm saying is I think Ozuna hits better than Bregman. Yeah. Um, I think it's down to Bregman or Hoskins for the last spot for me. Cause I just, you're not playing Ozuna or, uh, Andrus. No. With Correa. Turner's 33. Right. If you're, if you're talking about long-term keepers, I don't think Turner fits. So, so Scott would definitely say Bregman and Hoskins. That's kind of where I was leaning to cause I don't know what, I don't know if I can buy into Ozuna. But maybe I just should. Uh, he was like, if Reese Hoskins ever has a season as good as Marcelo Zuna's 2017, that would be pretty surprising, right? I don't know. Like, if Reese Hoskins hits 321 with 37 homers and 124 runs driven in, it's pretty that's good. That's a yeah. huge win for Reese Hoskins. Yeah, especially that's, since they're going to change the baseball. But yeah. Um, and Ozuna's not just that guy from but, now But the on. thing is, he, like, if, if Marcelo Ozuna ever has a season like that again, it would be a huge win for Marcelo Ozuna. Sure. I'm not keeping him. I'm getting last year's production. Right, but, like, there's a track record with Ozuna that represents what you hope Reese Hoskins can turn into and what you hope Alex Bregman can turn into. So, so you, Heath, are you also I keeping think, I think Ozuna's easily the right call among those three. All right. All right. I don't think it's easy. I think it's those three are the finalists. I will say Ozuna and Hoskins. That's where I was leaning. Ozuna and Hoskins it is. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Heath, good to have you back. It was great to be here. I hope I hope you let me come back more often. I hope I absolutely hope you're you're back more often. Uh for Heath and for Chris, I think we're gonna get Scott next week, right? Scott is finally back. All next right. Week. Outstanding. Looking forward to it. And Scott and I were at the same football game last weekend, and uh, we decided not to meet up. We were too far away. So, wow. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. We'll have to talk about it on the air. I'm sure everybody's looking forward to that. See you later.